Hello there, I'm Beth Kempton and this is the Freedom Seeker Chronicles. I created this podcast as a place to explore some of life's big questions and the smaller details that lead us towards happier, more fulfilled lives. I love nothing more than a thought-provoking conversation with a fascinating person who's living in accordance with what matters most to them. And I'm delighted to share those conversations with you. As for me, I'm the founder of Do What You Love, which helps people find what lights them up and pursue that in work, business and life. You can find out more at dowhatyoulove4life.com. I'm also author of two books. Freedom Seeker is a book about making the most of life and flying free, and that's out now. And then Wabi Sabi, Japanese wisdom for a perfectly imperfect life. That's available for pre-order from our friends at Amazon and all good independent bookshops. I wrote both of them for you. And so, are you ready? Let's dive in. My guest today is Kelsey Murphy, a career strategist, certified life coach and founder of Whiskey and Work. Previously the advertising director for Nintendo and Elizabeth Arden, she now works with people all over the world to help them create a more fulfilling career and life. Some of her clients include the management of Facebook, Apple and Tom's. She's also a snowboarder, a dreamer and a fresh air addict. And her positivity is contagious. Kelsey Murphy, what a treat it is to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. But just for our audience who don't know you and want to get to know you a little bit, let's start off with what is your favorite time of the day? Oh, well, that's such a good question. And it would definitely depend on what time of the year you asked me, because <laughs> I can't guarantee I will, always, <laughs> I will always give you this answer. But right now, early, early, early morning is my favorite time of the day. And um, I love a good little 15 minute morning routine where I wake up and have a little bit of coffee um, and make myself a little smoothie. And I do right now I'm doing a little bit. I'm teaching myself how to hand letter. So mm-hmm. I am um, I, I like to switch up my morning routines every now and then. But um, I will tell you, I'm a total night owl. <laughs> I'm not a morning person at all. So it really depends when you ask me. I definitely go through seasons of liking. I, I like to wake up with the birds and have coffee and and, and look outside and watch the sunrise. And then another season, my favorite time of the day will be late at night. So, mm. <laughs> but right now it's early in the morning and I love to um, sip coffee and have a little bit of quiet time because I have a little, a, a young munchkin running around the house. So <laughs> it's a little bit of quiet time for myself. Mm, nice. And what about the hand lettering? Where's that come from? Oh my goodness. That, um, that has been something I've always been curious about and always wanted to explore. I, um, on my Instagram feed, I do a ton of quotes and I'm always having someone design them for me or I'm, I'm popping in and designing them on, you know, Photoshop or InDesign or something like that. And I, I have always thought, man, I would love to write them out myself. You know, I would love to write out my own quotes and, um, you know, love Danielle Laporte's handwriting and, and other people that have really embraced their own handwriting. And I've just never focused on it or prioritized it. You know, it's kind of one of those things that you always want to do, but, you know, there's never enough time. And so, 
um, quite often and I try monthly to follow a little curiosity or something that's exciting to me or something that sparks something that's kind of like tugging at my insides. And this last month has been um, hand lettering. So I just said, you know what, 15 minutes every morning, I'm just going to dedicate a little bit of time and um, get after it. And it's really funny because it's such a testament to I'm such a sprinter. Like I don't like to slowly, gradually practice things. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I never liked going to practice. You know, when you just I want to be really dancing. good on day one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to show up and, and know how to do it. And yeah. so it was such it was such a, a an emotional experience the first 15 minutes that I did it because I've always had decent handwriting. So I thought, oh, man, this will be such a piece of cake for me. And then I'll have this new <laughs> skill. And you start doing it the first five, 10 minutes. And you're like, I am terrible. And I have this. so and, much respect and, for all those people on Instagram who post beautiful yes. <laughs> Right. They make it look so easy and, yeah. and just, you know, like simple and like they're it's so cathartic and and then, yeah, you start doing it and it's really hard. And I remember the first, literally the first probably 10 to 14 minutes of doing it in the morning and just being like, yep, I'm probably not going to do this ever again because this is hard. I, my handwriting looks like that of a first graders. I just, <laughs> this is um, like demoralizing. And then you get right around that 14, 15 minute mark and you have like one beautiful letter, just like a, like mm. a simple N or an O or something that you do. And then you look down and you go, oh my gosh. I can do this. Like, I'm going to be fantastic. I'm definitely going to follow through tomorrow morning. And oh, I was like, went through this whole emotional experience. I was like, oh my gosh, Kelsey, like you are, you are such not a practicer. You don't like to, to put in like those like consistent days of work, which is why I always chunk things down to 15 minutes. Because if I commit to more than 15 minutes, you know, I'm not doing it. Like, I, I don't know that I'll follow through, but 15 minutes consistently day after day after day tends to build up a lot. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, so that I mean that was a long way to a ham sandwich, but that is uh, that, is, that is a lot before breakfast. <laughs> no, <laughs> what a journey! Right, and it's and it's only fifteen minutes. I will tell you, oh I can't do much more. That's that's all I've got in me before before I really the coffee hits me. <laughs> that's brilliant. I actually went on a um, hand lettering workshop not so long ago, and it was really amazing. It was um, watercolor with the ink on top of that, and it just felt like the most therapeutic thing. But I was the same. I'm not great. That perfection and hand lettering is one thing that when it's when it's really really good it just looks so amazing and um it, I can see it's a long way to get there but I'm sure it's worth it in the end but it's interesting so you chunk your you say you chunk everything into 15 minutes is that how you go about your day you know it's it's how I go about certain things I think that that definitely there are you know projects and you know, laundry and things that you can't get done in 15 minutes. Um, but when it comes to new things, like new things that are a little bit scary or a little bit hard, or, um, you know, I talk a lot about following your curiosities when you're searching for your passion, right? Everybody's always looking for their passion and how do I find what I want to do? And how do I find the thing I'm passionate about? And we've kind of created the stigma around, um, around passion. You know, it's, it's kind of like when someone asks you like, what's your passion? It's almost like that's the biggest passion killer of all. You're like, <laughs> like, please don't ask me that question. And, and we all kind of want to run and hide because it's like, we have, we've created this idea that you have to have this one singular passion, right? Mm -hmm. and you have to own it and you have to kind of wear it on your sleeve and be like, my thing is marine biology. And that's what I'm passionate about. And, yeah. and the reality is so many of us are, are multi-passionate, right? Mm -hmm. we, we have so many different passions. Um, 
that when people are having a hard time answering that question or finding anything that they're passionate about, I will tell them to chunk it down and to start by just asking themselves, what am I curious about? You know, what are some things that I look around and see and say, gosh, I really wish I knew more about that. Like, I wish I knew more about why, why the birds, you know, fly the way they do. Or I wish I knew more about, you know, digital photography and Photoshop, or I wish I knew more about hand lettering. Um, and just to start following those curiosities, right? Just listen to those tugs and start following. Cause often what we do is we kind of push them aside and we say, ah, I don't, yeah, I, I'll follow that some other day or that seems dumb or that doesn't seem important or that doesn't seem relevant when in reality, those are the things that bring us alive, right? Those are the things that spark us and they get us excited again and they renew our energy. And if we can follow these little trails of curiosity, often those lead us to the things that we're the most passionate about. And, and so one, one thing that people often struggle with is they say, okay, I'm going to do that. And I'm, I, you know what, I thought about it the other night and I'm really excited about this, you know, one thing, like I say, I'm really excited about playing the guitar. Um, so I signed up for, for guitar lessons and I blocked off an hour every day to work on guitar. And then, you know, you all of a sudden you get through day four and you're like, I don't have an hour every day to play guitar. <laughs> like that just feels like a lot. And, um, and so there's a ton of science behind chunking, you know, chunking things down into 15-minute increments. And what what I believe we need is these little spikes of dopamine that we get every time we accomplish a very small task. And um, I, at least I know I need them clearly as I <laughs> Even if it takes you to the 15th minute. minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I hit minute 14 and I'm like, ah, I'm terrible at this. But then when I hit that 15 minute goal, which is the goal I kind of set for myself, I had this immediate rush of, you know, that happy hormone and I feel proud of myself. And it's that first win of the day that I need to get going. Plus, I've done something that I'm, you know, really proud about. Um, So uh, when it comes to something new or something hard or something that's kind of scary um, that you're kind of going out on a limb about, I will tell people just commit to 15 minutes, put 15 minutes on your calendar, you know, schedule it in there, but don't do more than 15 minutes. Like, um, that, that's all you really need because what people really need are these, these small wins to get that momentum going. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more about the, the passion thing. I mean, I think it has become such a thing. Like what, what is it for, you know, for you and people feel like they have to have one answer first of all, which they don't, you know, you can, like you say, have many things. And I think through the seasons of your lives, your life, those things change as well. But also what you said about, um, kind of follow your curiosity along a trail. The point is not that the very first thing that you're curious about ends up being your life's work it's that it's a breadcrumb uh, towards the next breadcrumb and um, I was just sat in a cafe this morning um, with one of my brothers and um, he's he's someone who's brilliant at just following his curiosity like he's started playing the ukulele and but not taking it too seriously and it's just like a really fun thing to do and then he just um he just come back from the bookshop and I was like what what books did you buy and he'd bought these two books on refugees just because he was really interested in learning more about you know what's in the news and all these things and I think just allowing yourself to you know go into a bookshop and look around and go not what do I think I should read but actually which book is calling to me right now it's amazing where that takes you isn't it oh I couldn't agree more and 
and aren't those the, the the friends and the family that you're so fascinated with and so envious? You know, you sit there and you listen to their stories and you just think, oh my gosh, you're so interesting. Like, I wish I was that interesting. I wish I was that fascinating. And literally all it takes is walking into a bookstore for 15 minutes, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, simple, simple acts like that. And we, we so often shove them to the side and, and I, and I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said about, you know, the seasons. Um, I'm a big believer and that's, that's kind of some of the reasons that we hold ourselves back are, are we're looking for the end all be all passion, right? The one thing, um, or the thing for right now that's going to light us up. And, um, the reality is, is Hey, that's going to change yeah. <laughs> the things that light you up when you are traveling and, um, you know, you're in your twenties and you're hopping around the world and you have no attachments, your passions are going to change very much when you are, you know, when you have multiple kids and you are 40 years old with your, you know, your spouse and you're, you're just going through a different season of your life and the things that you're curious about and you've learned are going to change. So teaching yourself how to always follow your curiosity, like making that your habit, a lifetime habit of every day for 15 minutes following a new curiosity um, and teaching your kids to do that, you know, teaching your kids how important that is to follow those things and to listen to them and to really like indulge in them and embrace them, I think, you know, could be one of the best habits that we pass along to our kids. Like, so I, I totally agree. I love that. And I want to sit down and have coffee with your brother now because he <laughs> <Yeah>. sounds fantastic. <laughs> He is pretty fascinating. You know what? It just reminds me of this really fascinating book that I've been reading called The Hundred Year Life. I don't know if you've if you've heard of it. Um, Living and Working in an Age of Longevity. And it's it's by um, Linda Grattan and Andrew Scott, who are two academics here in the UK. Um, it's absolutely fascinating saying that um, statistics are showing that the younger generation now are have such a high probability that a big chunk of them are going to live to 100 living to 100 is going to become a really normal thing and that the three stages of life that we've thought about um, until now you know pre-working working and then retirement just don't work for a hundred year life you know we can't afford it if we stop working at a normal retirement age and also it's not the best way to make the most of what is hopefully going to be a much longer life for many of us and and really it's it's just fascinating because it makes you think about okay if I proactively thought ahead you know I'm 40 now if I knew I had 60 years left which I very much hope I do um, and I'm healthy for a really good chunk of those that's an awful lot of time to live several lives you know you don't have to I, you know I have a business now I don't imagine that my business is going to look the same now um, you know in 10 years as it does now definitely not in 50 years um, and mm-hmm. and just kind of playing an active fun role in in thinking about well actually if if I thought I've got two or three phases of work um before I retire whenever that is what might they be and that really kind of opens your mind to to thinking the one thing I'm doing now or the one thing I'm going to do next doesn't have to be the one thing forever and that is really opens your mind doesn't it mm, absolutely oh what what a what a brilliant concept and Um, also a reminder of you've got a lot of life to live. So don't pick a job that you hate (laughs) because it's going to be a long life and you might as well um, be doing something that you really like. Um, So I love that idea of stepping out of like, well, I'm just going to, 
you know, I'm just going to hammer it out for another decade or two and um, collect my retirement and then quit and then travel and go do something that I love because um, it's a long couple decades, you know, <laughs> and it sounds like we're adding a couple more on. So. Yeah, exactly. So tell me, what do you wish that people knew about you? Hmm. Well, um, uh, ooh, such a good question. I love it. Um, <laughs> We we have a great community over at Whiskey and Work, and um, and this it's is growing. your community for women who are who have a career, right? Yes, yes, women who are working, um, and they also want to have meaningful conversations. So, uh, you know, my background is in the corporate world. I was the advertising director for Nintendo and Elizabeth Arden um, out in San Francisco, and I did that for quite a while. And what I found was. Um, Sometimes when you're in these really wonderful jobs that are, you know, fast paced and full of exciting, crazy deadlines, um, you kind of just put your head down and work and you assume that's what you're supposed to do. You you kind of avoid having these, you know, meaningful, deep, meaningful conversations or you reserve them for, you know, your really close friends or a really late night night with extra wine, you know, but <laughs> they're not a part of your daily um, soul searching kind of conversation, right? You just yeah. go, you put your head down, you get your work done. And, and that really drained me because, um, I am a highly emotional being and I am, I was born a soul searcher and I kind of shoved that at, to the side. I kind of felt like it was very woo woo and, you know, like that, that wasn't, you couldn't really do that kind of stuff while also being like profitable and, and, you know, really successful and in these corporate worlds. So, um, I, I have learned the complete opposite. <laughs> and as I work with more successful people, I've realized if you're not having those deep, meaningful conversations, if you're not doing something you really that lights you up that you really love, you're actually not going to get that far because you're going to get depleted and you get depleted emotionally and physically. Um, and it will hit you sometimes like a ton of bricks, or you'll slowly start to feel it. And so um, what I realized was when I started having these more meaningful conversations about work and life and balance, and the lack thereof and um, all of these things that we're, you know, we're having conversations about in our head or or that we we wish other people were talking about. When we start talking about that, we're a little bit more vulnerable. Um, it opens up all of these new connections and all of these new conversations and all of these new opportunities. Um, and so I was missing a lot of that in the corporate world. So when I started my um my coaching business, um, I decided I wanted to start a small community like that. And it was interesting. I started the community and I just threw out like a couple, it's a very, it's a private Facebook group. Like it's not an online community. You can find us like on, on online, but really the conversations and, and are these little mini trainings and these little mini, you know, audio files that we send out to everybody. They happen in our private Facebook group. And, um, so we started this, I sent out a couple invitations and it just grew. I think there was like, it spread to like 300 people within like 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And it, it was like, oh, there is a craving out there. Like people mm -hmm. do want to be having these conversations, working women, especially. Um, so, so yes, that, that was another kind of segue to, we have this great community and I think that it's grown and it's global. And so now when I go on, I do these little mini trainings, like I'm doing, uh, mini training on, on Monday about how to, 
um, how to write an email to people to get connected or get your foot in the door at different places. Basically, I'm giving people email templates or tools so that they can have these small wins to realize they can create any kind of life they want, whether that's in the corporate world or out of the corporate world. But teaching them how to reach out to people, how to connect with other people or on Tuesday, we're doing this training on how to find a job you love in 30 days or how to find your next job in 30 days um, to let people know, like, you don't have to do the soul searching mission for years and years and years. The soul searching mission should be part of your daily life, right? Mm-hmm. The the finding a job you love, like, let's not wait any longer to do that. Like, let's get you connected. Let's do, you know, let's have a couple wins so you can start doing work you're a little bit more excited about. Um, because like you were saying, it's such a journey. We're going to have so many different passions and different jobs throughout the different seasons of our life. So let's get a good one now under the books because Mm. what you're going to do in 10 years from now may be very different, but let's not wait the 10 years to find a job you love. So we do these trainings and I get a lot of feedback and comments after these trainings of people saying like, wow, man, I like, I love your story. Um, and it seems like you just have it all together and, um, gosh, like, you know, everything that you do is beautiful and uh, wonderful compliments that trust me, I save and I print out and I put on my (laughs) wall for for days that I'm having, you know, like lower moments. Um, Mm. but, um, often I just want to talk to these people. Um, and, um, I, and I, sometimes I do. Sometimes I reach out to them. I'll literally send them like a voice note to be like, Hey, thanks so much for this. I want to give you a heads up where I started. (laughs) I want to give you a heads up about my family life. I want to give you a heads up about all of these, um, (laughs) yeah, like, Oh my gosh, let me tell you that I cry myself to sleep this weekend. Mm. Like there, there are so many things I think that are, are normal and part of the process and part of, um, experiencing life and falling down and picking yourself back up um, that I have daily, right? That I have daily. I have never truly been happier in my life. And I feel very lucky, so lucky to say that right now because it wasn't always like that. You know, there's definitely seasons of life that you struggle with things more than others. But definitely in the last like seven, eight years, I've hit this sweet spot of, of work and personal relationships and travel and adventure that I've really spent a lot of time getting to know myself, what I need, what I want. And um, and I was just writing an email to the whole Whiskey and Work community the other day. And I was sitting in this coffee shop that was like a yoga studio turned coffee shop. And, you know, I was about to go home early to hang out with my kid. And I was planning a trip to San Francisco to pop up there with my husband and go to this um, Wisdom 2.0 conference. All these things that I was, I was planning. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, like mm-hmm. I dream about this life and I have I've created it now and and I talk a lot about that because I want people to create that too um, but sometimes I really do wish people knew a little bit more of my background um, mm. and um, you know the 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 behind the scenes of the fact that like it is hard and yeah. um, and I definitely didn't stumble upon what I wanted to do. It took me years and years of learning and teaching myself how to follow my curiosity and how to go to that, you know, massage school orientation <laughs> and yep. how to, you know, sit in, in classes at business schools to see if I really did like economics and go and do an informational interview at a real estate place <laughs> because these were all curiosities. I had. And if I didn't 
follow through and explore them, I would never know if that's a route I really wanted to commit to or not. And um, so I think that that's that's something I, I do want people to know is it's not all rainbows and sunshine. Like there are hard days um, and there are hard moments, um, but that's part of experiencing, you know, all of life and, and realizing like that we all have those so that when you look at someone on Instagram or you listen to someone's training or you, you know, like you watch someone from a distance, you, you remember that like, ah, oh, there's, they, they are struggling too, you know, yeah. like they're, they're, they're learning just like I am every single day, it, probably in different ways. And they're in a different part of their journey. Maybe I'm a little bit further than people. I'm also way behind. You know, I also yeah. look at other people like the, you know, like Alex, you know, Alexander Franzen and, and, um, and wonderful people like Marie Forleo, who I'm so lucky to, to collaborate and work with now, or, but people like Danielle Laporte, like people that you look at and you're just like, Oh man, they've got it all together. I will never be like them. And then you get to know them or you have conversations with them and you're like, Oh, they're struggling just like me. Like, Oh man, they're learning and falling and failing. Um, so I think that's a, I have to remind myself that all the time. And I think that if, if people could know something about me, I, I would want them to to know that I would want to be really honest about that with them. That's brilliant. And I, I think there's, there is no ahead and behind. I think that we're all, I mean, I think we're all just flying around and, you know, we're kind of on these like in circular motion. And sometimes we feel like we're ahead in one particular direction. Then we go in another direction and we're, you know, way, way behind, as it were, the people who are already flying in that direction. And it's all just everything's in motion. But, but tell me, Kelsey, what do you think is the most important thing that you let go of in order to get to the position that you're in now where you feel so happy? Oh, I let go. I'll say that I let go of a lot of things. Um, and I, and I'm constantly trying to let go of certain things. Um, um, I think that probably the biggest thing that I have let go of is judgment of myself and who I really am. Um, and, and who I really am is this sensitive, highly emotional being. And I just had a conversation with a client about this. Um, for so many years, I hated that about myself, right? I hated that I was so emotional. Like I would want to cry when I was in office meetings and, um, and I was so emotional in my relationships. I, I, I just, I looked around at so many friends around me at the time, um, and thought, oh my gosh, no one else is <laughs> as crazy as I am. Like, why do I feel like I'm from a different planet? And I have these visions and memories of me growing up, um, and being in high school and being so emotional in high school and just being really hit by certain things and, and being a difficult kid. I was a difficult kid. I was a difficult high schooler. Um, and I, I had so much guilt for that and I really wanted to change it. Um, um, and I, I hit a moment in my life, in my career where, um, I was actually working with my own coach, um, many, many moons ago. And I was explaining the story to him that happened and I was going on and on about it. And I started to cry and he was like, oh, okay, so you're a highly emotional person. And I was like, yes. And I just started to cry. Like he knows <laughs> now it's out in the open. And he was like, okay. He's like, so that's not changing, just so you know. You're going to be like that forever. So we better learn to love that and mm -hmm. um, let's manage it. Let, let, let's let's move forward and figure out like where you want it to show up and where you don't um, and be aware of it, you know. But that's not changing. That's who you are. And what I learned over, over time is – 
is that that's what makes me really good at what I do. That's what makes me a really good wife. That's what makes me a really good mom. That's what makes me a really great coach. That's what makes me able to connect with people in such a deep, empathetic, compassionate way because I have this this what I now believe is a superpower, you know, to be so highly emotional. But for so many years of my life, um, I really, really, really struggled with that. And so I think letting go of that judgment, letting go of that desire to want to change that about myself and just living it and accepting it um, and letting it be part of me, I think is probably the the biggest life-changing thing that's not only affected my personal life, but definitely affected my business and I, my ability to do what I do. That's so interesting. And it's it's funny, isn't it, how you, it sounds like at one point you think there's something wrong with you, but actually you just literally perfect you in the wrong place or with the you know surrounded by the wrong people or having mm-hmm. the wrong conversations or things which are nothing really to do with you it's just you know the the kind of context of your life at that point um and if you can take yourself out of that away from that away from those people have different conversations all of that um then you can just value the one thing that you thought was wrong <laughs> it's just such it, it just flips your whole life on its head doesn't it if you can make that change. Thank goodness for that coach, right? <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes, Beth, you're, you're, you're giving me chills because it is so, so true. Yep. I love that. Oh, that's so good. So coming back to the kind of conversations that you're seeing in your community, you're obviously working closely with women. Um, this is, you know, we're going through a really interesting time in the world right now for women. I'm mm-hmm. interested to know what kind of conversations do you see over and over again? What kind of advice are you asked for over and over again? Um, well, the how do I find my passion is definitely on the top three for sure. Um, you know, how do I how do I figure out what I'm meant to be doing? Um, you know, whether sometimes people come and they're talking about passions in a personal sense and sometimes people come and they're talking about it in a professional sense. Um, sometimes people come and ask me, should I start my own business? Um, and, um, I think that like you were saying right now is such an interesting time because, um, we are having so many conversations as women around the world about empowerment and um, how do I, how do I, how do I stand up for myself in a way that feels right? You know, like there's so many different opinions going going on, um, and and we don't have a lot of political conversation. We try to keep it really um, because it is quite a hairy some some hairy waters here mm. in the states right now but um we do like to have conversations about how we can support women and how we can do actionable things you know versus just thinking about it because i think that's a big thing that's going on right now is that um there's been a lot of people have a lot of thoughts you know positive and negative and how do we communicate those um in a really productive way you know how do we stand up for what we believe in without um you know, without judging someone else for having a different belief. Um, Mm. So I'm having a lot of conversations like that um, with people right now. Um, I'm having a lot of conversations about um, how to feel like you can have more of a voice. Um, And so, you know, my specialty really is in the the professional world, but, you know, I'm also this certified life coach, you know, which I think is why people like I, why I resonate with some people because they do want to figure out what they want to be doing for work. Right. I'm, I'm talking with people that 
that are, are care about that, their work, you know, Mm -hmm. they want to be doing something really productive from a, a professional standpoint, but they not, not if they have to give up their life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not if, you know, like not if they, they can't come home to their kids when they want to. And sometimes that means coming home at five, but sometimes that means coming home at two o'clock in the afternoon every day, you know, Mm -hmm. or staying home with them for the first half of the day or working, you know, taking a whole week off every month. You know, there are different people have different, uh, levels and barometers, you know, and certain people want more time with their kids or certain people need to travel more than other people. Um, so for us, we're having a lot of conversations about how to, how to kind of empower yourself to be more actionable, Mm. you know, how to actually do things instead of just thinking about them and having conversations about them. And I think conversations are so powerful and moving. Um, but what if you had more of those conversations and you made it a point to have those conversations with people that had different opposing views? Mm. Um, and, um, how do you facilitate that in a really healthy, positive way where you can walk away from the conversation and feel, um, feel enlightened and, um, more connected versus feeling frustrated and like you've, you know, like you've, you've put a little bit more toxicity out into the world. (laughs) I think that that is such a skill that, um, not only are we going to have to, um, learn, you know, personally, but we're going to have to we're going to have to exercise that more professionally as I think the years go on this desire, um, um, especially for the next generation of women is creeping up more and more and more for them to, you know, show their strength and for them to show their opinion and for them to speak up. And you can see it, you know, coming out in in droves and these women's marches and things like that. And so I think the ability to communicate and to be able to talk about what you believe in and what you stand for in a way that feels very strong and confident and clear, um, but also in a way that's not judging other people, you know, and also in a way that's not, um, you know, uh, I think stereotyping other people, um, that's going to be so important that, that we learn how to do that. We teach the next generation of women and men how to do. Um, I I think communication is going to be such a pillar of this new wave of everything that's going on. It absolutely is. And it tucked away in there was a tiny little word, which feels like to me kind of underlies all of it, which is confidence. And it's, I know it's something that comes up time and time again in my community is, well, how do I build confidence in a new area for a new conversation with new people in myself? You know, all those things. What, what's your best advice for building confidence? Mm. I love that. Um, yes, confidence, I feel like is going to be so important um, to figure out how to, I want to say exercise because I do believe that confidence is something we look at um, as something that someone naturally has, right? They come out of the womb with confidence or like that person is just naturally confident um, or they can just get up and speak in front of a group because they're a confident person um, when the reality of confidence is it's it's not just a natural skill um, it, or it's just not a natural ability that we walk out with. Like it, it, that, that's a muscle. That's a muscle. We all have the ability to be confident. We all can create and cultivate this skill that we have. We just have to practice it. 
you know, we have to learn what, what comes easier to us and what comes harder. You know, it's like learning to kick a ball. Some people are going to come out really good. Sure. You're going to have your superstars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. You're going to have your Tony Robbins, you know, that like are, are naturally, they were born to do that. But the reality of the rest of us is we can still all learn how to do it. You know, we can still enjoy it and be pretty darn good at it. So, um, that's the thing about confidence is I will tell people, remember that the confidence is a muscle. Like you can exercise that muscle daily. And of course I would say, you know, if that's a new thing for you, it's a little bit scary. Um, go with 15 minutes, you know, 15 minutes of exercising your muscle to be more confident. You know, maybe it's 15 minutes of writing down all the things that you love about yourself or all the great things you did for the day. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in the five minute journal and I follow that app. Um, and every, uh, I have to work on my confidence all the time, daily, daily, I have to exercise my confidence um, skill. Otherwise, I don't have it. Otherwise, it, you know, it grows, um, it, it grows weak. <laughs> and um, I will wake up one day and I will feel down in the dumps and I will feel really low about myself and about everything that's going on in my life. And I'll realize, man, you have not tapped into that confidence muscle in a while. Why don't you go back to some of your exercises to do it? So I will, you know, one really great one is at the end of the day for five minutes, just five minutes, right down five things that you're really proud of that you did that day. Um, and, and what you learn to do is you tr- literally train your brain to start remembering what you're good at so that when you go to sleep at night, you're not thinking, man, I really wish I got those eight other things done on my to-do list. Man, I'm never going to do that because that's just a horrible way to live. <laughs> We're all going to have overflowing to-do lists. You know, going to bed and remembering all the things that you didn't get done is not going to give you the energy to start on the right foot the next day. But if you go to bed and you think about the five things that you did really well and you think, man, you know, I'm really glad I accomplished that project or this project. And you know what? I'm really glad I took the time to go and get that coffee with a friend or I'm really glad I responded to that text to my mom or I'm really glad I, you know, came in and I gave my husband a hug and a kiss the first thing that, you know, like Mm -hmm. when I saw him instead of just rushing to do dinner, um, then I think that that is is going to shift your entire perspective, the way that you, your ability to sleep well, you know, your ability to feel good about yourself and realize, you know what, you're doing the best you can with the tools that you have in the season you're in. So, you know, like breathe that and then start again tomorrow, you know, pick up, pick up again tomorrow. So, um, I mean, I think that that, that is a, a side note, but probably what I would suggest as far as confidence. That is wonderful. And I love that so many of these things can be done in such a short amount of time. Obviously, over time, it all builds. But even the busiest among us can find five minutes for that. So I think that's a great place to wrap up. Thank you so much for your time and your inspiring thoughts today, Kelsey. It's been great talking to you. Oh, thank you so much, Beth. I love uh, you and your community. It's just doing so many wonderful things for the world. So, so happy to... um, be a part of it over here from California and um, I look forward to chatting with you again yes please so that's all for today you've been listening to me Beth Kempton in conversation with Kelsey Murphy you can find out more about Kelsey at kelseymurphy.com and more about me at bethkempton.com I'll be back soon with more inspiring stories so be sure to subscribe to the Freedom Seeker Chronicles so you don't miss a single one